Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave, for, for counting me to be your friend. Uh, and that's a huge compliment to know someone like Dave and Jill, uh, who's just been outstanding, consistent, gracious father and mother figures in our lives. I consider him to be a father. Uh, not that he's that much older than I am. Uh, he's quite a bit older, but... <laughs> Take, take the, week, the weight of Yapi a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad Wayne Sue dressed you better. <laughs> thank God for Sue. Uh, but, but thank you so much for entrusting us with these precious people, entrusting us with the pulpit. We really deemed it a great honor and privilege and a great responsibility to share the word of God wherever we go. And uh, we had a joy of, of meeting some of the congregants. And I just want to say, we've been blessed. Just so engaging with some of you and just see what God is doing. Uh, as, as we were worshiping this morning, uh, I was just so aware of the Holy Spirit being welcome here. Don't take that for granted. He's not welcome in every church. And that's sad to say. But just the freedom, the joy, just the release of God's love and glory in this house. Which is not always tangible, but it's always there when he shows up. And that's something you steward together as a family. That doesn't happen by itself. It is what we contend for together. And, and I want to encourage you to not lose this when you get your building. Amen. I'm being very deliberate in what I'm saying. Don't lose what God has started here, which is so beautiful. And uh, as you push forward into God's purposes for you as a church, uh, I've, got a, I've got a couple of prophetic words which I won't share now, but I want to ask David, your son-in-law. Is it David? Mm-hmm. What a word for you, David. If you maybe spend some time after the service. Uh, I feel God really wants to, to bless you and then to worship you. I'm sorry, I don't know your name yet. Ruan? Yeah. I feel the congregation is the year's one. Uh, David is quite personal, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Ruan, really have got a great anointing. Beyond a good voice, there is really a, a song of the Lord that he wants to sing through you. Get ready to write songs. Get ready. Get right ready to, to allow what God has done through deep pain in your life. Bring before him as worship. And it's going to be significant in, in unlocking God's grace over various atmospheres and strongholds. There's tremendous grace to break open souls, hearts for, for God to minister. There's a break anointing, in other words. We, we use those words for flippantly, but we have to explain what it really means. It really means deliverance. It really means to, to break, break open fellow ground, hard ground, that has been formed over years of hurt and pain. And I feel that healing grace is on your life. I feel there's also going to be an apostolic grace to break open new territories, new atmospheres, new, new cities, new... You know, you're going to find yourself singing over people that's meant to go to the nations and, and vision will stir up in their hearts. It will be tremendous 
really evident in the fruitfulness, but more in the character of their lives. And I feel God's really going to give an ability to, to put pen to paper and formulate sentences and phrases. Sometimes it's the refrain of those phrases, not the volumes of the words that you need to be mindful of. It's, that, it's not that you have to measure up to anyone else or anybody else's songs that you're writing. In fact, I feel the Lord's really going to use you to do new things, to redefine how music and worship is done. And so I feel that there's, a, there's, a, there's an attention that the Lord's drawing to my heart towards what He's doing in your life. So let me hear, say this with, with humility. We receive your gift in this movement. Receive what God has placed on your life and who you are. So do not stand back. Some people think too much of themselves. You think too little of yourself. And I feel the Lord wants you to, to really correctly assess who He's made you to be and not diminish who you are and what is given you. So as a church, we receive you and we say amen to who God has given us as a movement. So let's stretch our hands towards him. Lord, I thank you for Ruan. We thank you for allowing us to be part and see what you're doing, but to also experience your ministry through him and what you're going to do. As we lay hands on him, we pray for an unlocking of that which is already inside of him, that which you've deposited in him. Even before he was born, you sent him to the earth with a purpose. And it's not exclusively worship and music, but, but it's far beyond that. But we, we thank you that that which you've locked, that you've hidden inside of him, will at the right time come forward and be a blessing to the nations. In the name of Jesus. Break off any timidity, any negative thoughts, whether it's induced by others or himself. We break that off in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for a correct assessment of, of God in him and who he is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Darling, would you like to share anything before? You done? You okay? My wife had a, had a word for, for the church, which is basically being confirmed by what I felt the word for the church is. And I've asked David if I, David would be able to, to share. Baby, just maybe, just encourage quick. I, 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 I so really travel with my wife, so when she's with me, I'd love her to minister so a little bit. So, baby. Good morning, everybody. Um, lovely to be here with all of you. We have been so blessed with, I think we've met, about, met with about 10 people this weekend of your church. Such a beautiful people. And everyone that we mixed with this morning, oh, you guys are really beautiful. Mm. And... We just, you know, we've been praying since Friday for, for all of you, for the church, and just feel such a, a, a shift coming in the spiritual realm for this church. That not to say that there's been something wrong or negative, but there's just a, a newness, a freshness, a shift that's about to catapult you into a new season. Mm -hmm. um, I'm amazed to see how many people are here this morning, but it's just the beginning. God, and I felt such favor on you as a people. Amen. As on all of you, just absolute favor. And you're going to be astounded at what God does in and through you, through your leadership. But it's, it's not about Dave and Jill, and I know that that's their heart. It's not mm -hmm. about Yarpi and Francie. It's, it's all of you. It's not about Wayne and Susie. 
it's you as a body, as a it's the bride of Christ. It's a beautiful picture, and mm. yeah, God is about to do incredible things. So, be ready and be expectant. Put your faith out there. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I'm gonna just read a prophetic word that I felt the Lord gave me for the church, and then I'll preach on the back of that. And I trust it will bless you, uh, David. It's not something that you need to worry about. It's a blessing. It's that's not very directive. Otherwise, I would check with you first if it's if it's that way inclined. So uh, I felt the Lord, as I was pondering for this congregation, impress on my heart winds of change for the church. You said, but there's been change already, but it's just the beginning of what's to come. Uh, but it's a change not just for this congregation, but it's a change for the church in George. More than leadership shifts and some structural changes, there are certain shifts that has already begun, particularly in the levels of the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prepare yourself for explosion in miracles and signs and wonders. An increase of a hunger for the friendship with the Holy Spirit and operating in His gifts. Be sure to authenticate the miracles and document them. Document what God is doing for the sake of the coming generations and the skeptics. Much of what God will do will be done through the younger ones. Even the children will be part of this move of the Spirit. I hope this was recorded. Be sure to encourage God and guide but not smother and control. Waves of expansion from this place will transform not just this church, but churches beyond this place. The church will be known for its many great leaders, young leaders at that. Their strength, the humility, and maturity will be extraordinary because of the healthy culture of honor for all generations. If you are faithful in keeping the focus on the right things, the church will enjoy extraordinary provision. Just as Israel had provision and protection in a desert, so the Lord will infuse supernatural strength and increased capacity for each of you to handle more. There is a gift of faith being released that is corporate in this church. But that I felt that every household will be blessed. It's not just for the corporate church as the ministry, but it's a, it's a word for each of you. So raise up the banner of faith. Raise up your level of belief for God is able and willing and wanting to do extraordinary things in your heart, which will manifest in the natural. Let me pray for you. Father, as we... Just take this word and, Lord, help me to, to encourage your people and to strengthen them with the word. Help us to hear you today, not just what we want to hear. Help us to, to position our hearts for change, to allow you to speak to us personally, not to apply the word to someone else. So we, we yield to you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you lovingly father your children, that you're not yet to condemn or to point out any sin, but you're really here to strengthen your church. So help me to do that well in Jesus' name. Amen.
So a few years back, I, I had a message for, for our nation, which I was unsolicited. I wasn't preparing anything. I wasn't praying. I was sitting in my garden, which Dave helped build with his clavius. Uh, <laughs> they're still beautiful. And uh, I've got an orange one, Dave, uh, and a yellow one. Uh, but but I, I was sitting in my garden, and I'm not much of a gardener, but I've learned to appreciate it. And God was ministering through me through, through the plants. And, and I, I, I live in Tabithi Blowbridge area, sea sand, not much fertile soil. And I saw the aridness of my soil. There was like nothing there. And the Lord said to me, this is what's going to happen in the next 10 years. That South Africa is going to go through a desert period. And it's going to be hard. And nobody wants to have a word, let alone share a word like that. Uh, I immediately knew that I had to live through the own prophetic word I received. And that was something of a challenging thing for me because uh, I've always been a nation builder, always been part of the soil of this, this, this country and this continent. And it's always been something I've been passionate about. Never had a thought of immigrating, ever. Never wanted to think about it at all. But during our sabbatical, which was last year, and we spent a lot of time here in George, uh, I felt discouraged about our nation. Overwhelmingly so, which is unusual for me. I mean, I was involved in a struggle. We, we met in the old South Africa, and we were illegal then. Uh, but that didn't phase me then. But now I was discouraged. I don't know if I'm speaking to any one of you. I just thought, God, do I want to bring up my children, my grandchildren in this city, in this country? Uh, and I've forgotten about this word that God gave me, which I'm, a, I'm afraid to say, I'm, I'm actually ashamed to say, that yet God prepared us with a word for what's to come, and the prophet forgot the word. Uh, I felt so, so terrible. I felt so ashamed. And, and, and I said to my wife, I said, there's no way I'm going back to church, to Cape Town to lead a church with this in my heart. I, I don't know how to lead a church when the pastor is not full of faith. When the pastor is discouraged. How do, you, how do you lead people? How do you speak to the business people in your church? How do you encourage people when you have no hope? And I've forgotten the Lord gave me a word to encourage the people to accompany the prophetic word which I want to share with you today. Uh, of course, we, we know that our country is not in a good space. What are we to do in the midst of a desert time? What is our response? What is the internal conversation you have when we, we, we're facing these things? We can say all the nice things out externally, but what do you really feel? Is there real faith? Is there real optimism? Is there real hope? Is that, is that real or is it just a confession with a hope that your heart will change? And I believe God wants to encourage us and we want to be authentic in our faith, not pretentious. I believe it needs to be a real faith. And I was contending for that. I was contending for that in my heart. So God gave me a word out of First Kings 17, and really, it, it speaks about Elijah's life over a three-and-a-half-year period. A lot happened in a three-and-a-half-year period. It's all 
uh, in two chapters, and we'll, we'll scan through it very, very briefly. You know the story, and for those who don't, I'll paraphrase a lot of it just for the sake of time. But you're welcome to please do read it in your own time. You'll be encouraged. But let's read from uh, 1 Kings chapter six, 17, that is, and we'll read from verse 1. And then I'll just get some background for you. In fact, let me do that right now before we read. So Ahab is ruling the, the, the northern kingdom of, of Israel. And it's roughly about the, the ninth century. And Ahab was known to be a very uh, wicked king. One of the worst that Israel ever had. Him and his wife Jezebel uh, really ruled the nation uh, and they led the nation in the worst form of adultery, worst bit of adultery. Uh, Baal worship was at the heart of, of what they pushed. So Elijah, in this context as a prophet, who is meant to be the, the prophet firstly to the king and then to the nation, that's how it was set up those years, uh, was not able to access authority and power. And of course we know about the Mount Carmel experience and God showing up with fire. But Elijah now prophesies drought. And let's read, read from verse, verse 1. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not, not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, and turn eastward, and hide by the brook Shereth, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Shereth, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So I'm going to the message, position yourself for provision in the midst of drought. There's a few, just a few six points I want to raise out from this, this portion of scripture. And this is the one thing that we have to make peace with. In the foreign world, there's going to be drought seasons. Make peace with it. We are not promised a rosy life. We have a fallen world that is, that is filled with sinful issues. And, and so sometimes the prophet has to live under the, the weight of his own prophecy. The prophet doesn't get to run away to another nation. And that's where I was. Great job office abroad ministry opportunities and God had to deal with my heart. That was testing me. Are you prepared to live under the weight of what God is doing? Notice that God called the drought not the devil. It wasn't initiated from hell. And I want to say to you, what's happening in our nation is not from hell. I, I know this is not this is very controversial. But God's still sovereign. And I really believe, and I don't have the time to go into prophetic what he gave me this time, but I really believe this is orchestration, a setup from the Lord 
for people to turn back to him. We begin to see that already. COVID was terrible. We've lost a lot of people. We've buried so many people in our congregation. It was painful. But I believe God's hand is even in that. And we've seen people coming back to him by the hundreds. And this is what I believe we have to embrace when God is doing something and not work and pray against what God is doing. And it, it takes maturity to understand because the faith conversation is all about be me being blessed. But God's bigger than you being blessed. There's more at stake than just you driving a nice car. Can you say him to that? There's a lot more. There's souls at stake. There's our next generation at stake. We're contending for them. They didn't grow up with the values that we've grown up with. There's such an onslaught on this generation. Contending for their souls, contending for their minds, contending for their value system. We need an opportunity for God to be proven powerful for signs and wonders. Can there be prophets that calls out the call, the play that God wants to play, the game plan that God has? Or are we just going along with the flow and bless, 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 and we don't understand what real blessing is? So that's the first thing I want to say. It's inevitable for drought seasons to come, and sometimes God's called them. And it's, and it's important that we understand God wants us to know up front, which is why I'm so embarrassed, what he's going to do. He wants to share these secrets with us. He doesn't want us to take, be taken by surprise. He doesn't want you to be overwhelmed, which is why he warns us this is coming. And those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And respond in faith, not in pessimistic or worry or hopelessness. That God can provide like he did for Elijah in the midst of a desert, in the midst of a dry season, that he has got resources for his children that men do not know about, even if it costs ravens to provide it. He'll move heaven and earth to look after his own. And that's the comfort we have with walking with the Lord, that in the midst of Difficulty, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through difficult times. It doesn't mean that you, you might have to make some adjustments and reposition yourself. All of that might be true, but it's still his provision for you and I. He's a good father. And his goodness is revealed even in difficult times. Sometimes especially in difficult times. I was encouraged by that. As I, as I reflected on this word again. But here's, here's a key, key point. Elijah had to listen for instruction from the Lord. If he was to be repositioned for blessing and provision, it was specific instruction. God was very saying, this is where you go. This is what you need to do. Here's the key. We have to live connected to him in relationship to hear the specific instruction. It's not just a general word. God has a word for your situation, for your life. But it requires a relationship. It requires walking with Him. I, I love the fact that this is a walk with the Lord, not a sit with the Lord. <laughs> he's always on the move. And He's wanting to lead us to the, next, to the next place of provision. 
And that wind of change that, we, that we're sensing that is happening, not just for this congregation, but literally for the city, is really going to release people to go to the nations. Can you hear the specific instruction of the Lord for you? Can you release your children? We, 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 we had a word of one of, our, one of our kids that was going to go to the nations, and we knew that part of the word is her going to difficult parts of the world, dangerous parts of the world. We wrestled with that because she's our daughter. And my wife particularly wrestled with that uh, because that's what we had to lay their lives before the Lord. So God, this is your children. And we heard specifically for her and she heard specifically for herself and God is sending her to the nations. Can we be ready? specific instruction. I love what Genesis 18 verse 17 says, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? That's what he's saying for you, David. Shall I hide from David what I'm about to do in your life? God wants to share his heart with you concerning his destiny for you. The third thing, he has made provisions for drought and it requires us to embrace change. The change is difficult in the best of times, even good change. Uh, I love change, my wife, not so much. Uh, I, I really love, you know, I, I get bored going through the same motions, and I, I'm always wanting to, to advance and do something new. Sometimes my team has to pull me back a bit because I, I've always got a new idea, you know. So I'm grateful for the guys around me. Uh, <laughs> But all of my good ideas, you know, so, uh, so that's, that checks and balances is there to help us, you know, just stay on course. But, 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 but embracing change is key to, to stepping into the provision that God has for you in drought. Uh, it requires us for listening and, and obeying, not just listening. I, I, you know, I've stopped prophesying of a lot of people because they come back for words all the time and they never act on the word. And I, and I realized I keep them artificially happy and spiritual with hearing a, a new word, but they're actually not really believing any. So I just stopped giving them words. I just go, go hear God to yourself and obey. Yeah. Obey him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm quite pastoral, but I can be prophetic too. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think people just abuse the prophetic so often. I think people are just, are just you know, artificially keeping themselves spiritual. Because this is all about, if you really believe, you'll obey, right? Yeah. That's what James is all about. Show me your, your faith and I'll show you my, my faith by my works. It's not you know, faith from works. It's faith by works. And I think we are called to not just to hear the word of the Lord, but... Step in obedience if you're really going to position yourselves. Many people have not obeyed and wonder why God hasn't provided. He's provided, but not in the place they want to stay. And then the next point is, don't get stuck in the old word. So God gave him a word to go to the brook. And later in the chapter, the brook dries up. But God said, he'll provide. But the brook dries up and the rain will stop coming. And how many really get stuck in that old word and don't hear the progressive word of God because he's moving forward 
And if you connect it with him, you'll hear there's a different way how he wants to provide now. Now it's not the supernatural way of through ravens. Now it's through a natural way through a widow. Supernatural still at work in providing for the widow because she gets in on the blessing now. She gets blessed by obeying the Lord. God has progressive words. Don't get stuck in the old word. Some as is about to die at dried up brooks of yesterday's word, yesterday's ministry, yesterday's way of doing things, yesterday's provision for the Lord. Can we continue to hear God for the next, for the next thing? There's something that God has. There's a, there's a new business. There's something different about your business. There's something different He wants to do. Can you hear God today for tomorrow? Can we not hold on to success of the past and embrace and risk again being wrong and hearing wrong but stepping out nonetheless. Can we do that? Because it's risky to hear God and step out in obedience. And some of you have done this and you feel like you failed but I want you to know you didn't fail if you obeyed God. Even if you heard wrong the fact that you were willing to obey God is a success already. Because it's a child's heart to his father, trusting his father. So well done for risking. Well done for stepping out in faith. Well done. Even that that so-called failure was an upgrade in a promotion to learn new things about God. You discovered God in different ways that you otherwise would not be able to discover him in success. I always say to, to, to leaders, I, I, I really get nervous to entrust responsibility to people with, bro- with unbroken success. People who haven't had failures. Because you don't know what they'll respond like when they do fail. So I, I, I love it to have a, little, a bit of mess around me. Because it means people are trying new things. People are risking new things. There's new things that God is calling us to step into. Don't get stuck in the old word. Yesterday's provision is not enough for tomorrow's mission. He has progressive words and progressive provision. Previous ministry focus and assignments might change. So number five, two more, then I'm done. In droughts, it's time to sow. There's, there's a couple of people involved in the same story here. There's, there's Elijah, and obviously Ayap, and then there's this widow. And the prophet asked this poor widow with her son to give to him, who's able to call down rain from heaven. Think about that story. What an insensitive man this is. She's even telling him, I've got this little flour and this little oil, and my plan was to bake this for me, bake a bread for me and my son, and he will die. What a, what a perspective of life, of lack, of hopelessness. What she gave to the prophet is nothing compared to what the prophet gave to her. What she gave was a loss 
And she went and baked him this, this, this baked bread, roasted bread. He, she, she baked him this lovely, I've still got that roasted bread in my mind. So, so. <laughs> it's like when you can't allow, you're not allowed to eat something that you wanted more. That's, that's. So she baked him this roasted bread and, and the Bible says, his command is the oil doesn't dry up. And the flower doesn't stop coming until the rain comes. When it's drought time, it's time to sow. It's time to sow. You say, but pastor, I've only got this bit of money. I've only got this. It's time to sow. I know this has been abused. I know, I understand. And, and, and please don't hear that heart. This is not about the church being blessed. It's about you learning a kingdom principle and walking in that and experiencing the blessing of a giver in times of drought. We, we love to grow in our, in our faith for giving. And we challenge ourselves every year. We challenge each other in our personal walk about giving. And it's, and it's, been, it's been great to see God's word being proven true every time. I'm not talking about just financial blessing that we're receiving. Internal inheritance of being like him. Thinking like him. It breaks off more than just stinginess. It breaks off small-mindedness. It breaks off hopelessness. It breaks off just, just pusillanimous thinking. Just, 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 I'm just survival mentality. It breaks that off you. Vision starts to arise in your heart. You, believe, you, you begin to believe God for not just your family, but for a movement, for churches, for what God wants to do in a city. You're being enlarged as this wound were being enlarged. To think from, from survival to death to, wow, God's provision is unending, eternal. I believe God wants that, that gift of faith I prophesied to release and activate that gift. To everyone, no matter where you are, whether you have plenty or desert, by going to the next level of sowing. Then lastly, in the next chapter we see Elijah calling back the rain. That's a few principles I want to talk about here. He, he prayed for rain to stop once. But he prayed for rain to come back seven times. And there's something in that that, that I, I want to draw out for you. There's something that you're contending for, for breakthrough that doesn't take just one prayer. Particularly if it's, if it's a redemptive rain. In other words, it's something that God is doing in a new context. Where, where a nation has been scorched. Where a nation has been at pains where there's been death and there's been lack and there's, there's a contending for something that to break that, it requires collective perseverance in prayer and breakthrough. So Elijah prays, and of course he sent his servant out to look for this, the cloud, the thunder cloud. In fact, he didn't say thunder cloud, he says look for the clouds. And he comes back 
And he says, I just see nothing. And that, that's it. But six times, the seventh time he comes back and says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. <coughs> now, some theologians say that, that cloud probably was there all the time. He just was looking for a thundercloud. <laughs> but sometimes the breakthrough comes in seed form. Just a cloud the size of a man's hand. That was enough for Elijah. Don't curse the clouds the size of a man's hand. Don't, 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 don't play what God is doing. If you can prophesy, if you can call that forth, if you can say yes, that's it. If you can embrace that, you will be able to see the thunder clouds that will come eventually. I, I remember when my wife and I sometimes would pray and trust the Lord for one of our children or, or break through in a certain area. And typically she would see the cloud of the size of the size of a man, particularly when it comes to relational things. I'm I'm wanting to see a bit more of a bigger cloud. <laughs> you know, I want to see some transformation in the kids, you know, or, or growth, but she can see the small little seeds. And she knows how to nurture that and to call that forth. Can you nurture those seeds in your life? It might just be the beginning of an opportunity. It might just be a word somebody dropped. Can you nurture that and receive that and say, God, thank you? Or do you ignore it waiting for the big one? Waiting for the so-called breakthrough. And you miss the real one. I want to encourage you with these words, these few words. God has provision for you. And sometimes it's in unexpected places. One of the reasons why I love Dave and Jill is because of the work with the Lord. Just stepping out in faith, trusting the Lord for impossible things. The things we prophesied today about more miracles, that's been, he's been carrying that for years. This was the birth of the church, the Patriot Church, was birthed with chaos and miracles. And we say, Lord, do it again. Do it again. We're trusting you for that thundercloud. We're trusting you for the greater inheritance that's beyond just earthly possessions and earthly provision. We're asking you, God, for the kingdom transformation in our hearts. To think the way you do. To operate the way you do. To live life the way you want us to live. And I'm trusting, Lord, that we would be able to bring that into George. Bring that beyond George. That Lord would be, we would, we would sing a different song than those in the world. That we are raised to think and operate from heaven's perspective. And not be dragged into the mud of what's, what is negative in the city. Can you say him to that? Because God has called you to be heavenly minded. And earthly good. God has called you to think from heaven's perspective. To be aligned with his heart. To know what he's thinking. To know what he wants you to do. To hear specifically to walk with him day in and day out. If your walk with the Lord has been a hazard, this gentle word is to encourage you. There's more than standing up and falling down. And standing up again and falling down. There's a way of living where this is consistent relationship with the Lord. That you don't feel guilty and shame because of being bound to addictions and sin. Or, or brokenness. That God has empowered us to walk in a kingdom mentality of freedom. 
and an ability to hear his voice for ourselves. You don't need a prophet to tell you what God's saying. You can hear God for yourself. That's the goodness of being a son and daughter of God. That you can hear the voice of the Lord. And if you haven't heard God's voice, or you think you haven't heard God's voice, often the case, I promise you it's your inheritance. My sheep hears my voice. If you belong to Him, then you ought to and you should and you, and you must hear His voice. Let the leaders help you. Let the team come around you and help you hear God's voice. But it's imperative if you're going to follow Him to hear His voice. I don't get in the business of telling people what to do with their lives. That's not our responsibility. And people who do that overstep their boundaries. We need to hear God for ourselves. Doesn't mean that we can't be corrected. We can't be guided and led. led. By all means. But this is an opportunity for us to say, God, position me. In the midst of drought. In the midst of a difficult season, David. Position me. For your greatest blessing. And test me. Let me pray for you. And I'll hand back to David. Holy Spirit, you know where each of us are. I've done what you asked me to do. I simply pray that you would take your children to the next level of kingdom mentality, kingdom thinking. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus and the Father to them. May there be fresh revelation of the goodness of God, His love for them, for all of us, the way you want us to think, the way you want us to live, that we are not without hope in a difficult season. In fact, we are energized by the words that our Father speaks to us, and we are led by the Spirit. For those are sons and daughters of God, those who are led by you. So I'm asking you for an impartation of the prophetic, an ability to, to hear you and be sharp in that area. We ask you, God, for resolve and a conviction to be strengthened, to obey you, even if it's difficult. For some of us are Elijah, some of us are widows, maybe truly respond to to the words that you've given us. For some of us, it means significant change or minor changes. We pray that whatever is needed, may we respond in faith. Lord, I pray that you'd break off any sense of failure of the past, anxiety, anything that would rob us of our faith in you. We bring our hearts to you, Lord. Would, would you speak to us of, of any lie that we've believed, of your lack of provision or whatever that is? May, may we truly receive a fresh revelation of your ability, your power, your majesty, that the one who we just worship with song, would be the one who would worship with actions. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Believe we've um, almost since the day we started, we've started to put the